Thank you all for joining me today. Uh, happy 4th of July and welcome to the latest episode of America's Recap. As always, we're going to look back at the week's most important and prolific events. Um, and then at the end, I'm going to have a discussion with two of my uh, best friends who are some of the smartest and most politically active people I know. And we're going to talk about today, July 4th, and what it means in the greater context of history and what it means today. And I'm going to get right into it by starting with last weekend, which uh, was June 27th and 28th, when the Mississippi State Legislature voted to replace its state flag with a new design that will be voted on by the people of Mississippi in the November election. If you remember, Mississippi is the last state to have the Confederate flag in its state flag. It's in the corner. And it is the Confederate flag is obviously a symbol uh, dating back all the way to the Civil War. And it oftentimes serves as a reminder of the racist past of our country um, and of the state of Mississippi itself. Um, and then just a day later, the governor of Mississippi signed it into law. So in November, we'll see the new design. Also over the weekend, a U.S. district judge ordered that all children held in ICE custody, which is Immigration and Customs Enforcement, for more than 20 days must be released by July 17th because of a new coronavirus outbreak in multiple centers. Um, over the past few days, there have been huge breakouts among tens of children and tens of staff employees. And now the decision is going to mark the release of hundreds of children who've been living in what the judge called horrific conditions, some for over a year. On Monday, the Supreme Court voted 5-4 to four to defend abortion rights and strike down a Louisiana law which required doctors who performed abortions to get highly regulated formal affiliations, which are called admitting privileges, admitting privileges from hospitals that could be as far as 30 miles away. And this is in person for each and every abortion, a very restrictive law. Now the court is banning the practice and it's paving the way for abortion to be far easier to obtain in Louisiana. The decision was very surprisingly led by conservative justice John Roberts. Uh, and he has actually, uh, in recent weeks, made a lot of decisions to side with the liberal side of the court, including LGBTQ rights, DACA, and now abortion. And uh, President Trump, in this particular issue, had actually supported Louisiana and their law. And now him and a lot of other Republicans are very angry over their decision. Also on Monday, Joseph James D'Angelo Jr., a 74-year-old man who you might know better as the Golden State Killer, pled guilty to 13 counts of murder and dozens of rapes decades ago. It's actually very interesting how they found him a distant relative of D'Angelo had used um, one of those, uh, a genealogy site like Ancestry or 23andMe, and they were able to trace that back to the DNA found at the scene, and they were able to trace that all the way to the killer. Now he's pled guilty, and he's going to serve the rest of his life in prison. And finally on Monday, China adopted a controversial national security law. <clears throat> which will allow Beijing lawmakers to override Hong Kong's judicial system at any point and also allow Chinese authorities to target and arrest political opponents in the city. What does this mean? It is yet another example 
of mainland China exerting even more control over Hong Kong. This has been going on for years. You could even say decades. And uh, this decision, which interestingly is on the 23rd anniversary of Hong Kong's handover to mainland China in 1997. Uh, on this anniversary, lawmakers voted unanimously to enact the new law. And there were protests from people in Hong Kong <clears throat> almost everywhere. Um, and it is a very interesting power shift. The U.S. even responded throughout the week with sanctions and uh, criticisms. On Tuesday, the, S the Senate voted unanimously to extend the government's small business loan program to August 8th after it was set to end on Tuesday night. This program, which if you remember, it offered loans and grants to small businesses who were affected it basically said if you keep your employees on the payroll, uh, you will not have to pay back this loan. They've already given out $520 billion in loans. There was a remaining $130 billion, and now they're just extending it by about a month to um, allow a few more businesses to apply. On July 1st, the European Union will only begin allowing visitors from 15 countries which have been able to uh, sort of quell their coronavirus outbreaks like South Korea, like Japan, but not, as you might expect, not the U.S. All countries in the EU will be responsible for their own restrictions on top of these guidelines, but what it means is um, only people from these 15 countries can travel to the EU. Also on Tuesday, the Supreme Court ruled that states cannot exclude church schools from any state programs which provide funding to their private, non-sectarian uh, sectarian counterparts. This means now uh, that religious institutions could be funded by local and state governments who are also providing some form of funding to private institutions, non-religious institutions. And as you might expect, this was the vote was on party lines. The conservative majority of the co court voted five to four to make this uh, pro-Republican win. On Wednesday, California Governor Gavin Newsom announced that for the next three weeks, dining rooms, movie theaters, and several under indoor attractions will be forced to close as coronavirus case numbers across the state continue to grow rapidly. This is a common trend and it is a very interesting trend of backtracking on reopening. In a way, you could look at it as uh, states almost admitting their mistakes on moving too fast, but uh, you could also see it in the sense that this sort of resurgence was not expected at all. Multiple states have done this. Texas, Florida, California have all done it, um, but this is one of the most extensive ones in California. And also on Wednesday, a bit of foreign news, Russian voters overwhelmingly supported a series of conservative amendments, hidden among which was a provision that will reset the term limits for current President Vladimir Putin. So what does this mean? This means that, uh, let me explain the situation. There was, on Wednesday, there were a series of amendments that were voted on by the Russian people, and they were sort of packaged together, um, and it was uh, marketed as a conservative set of amendments, and 75% of voters went for it, and they voted for it, and it passed. Hidden among them, and it was not really highlighted, is that the term limits for Vladimir Putin will be reset in 2024, which is when his presidency ends, meaning that 
instead of ruling until 2024, he could rule until 2036 because they have six-year terms, they have two of which, and so on. Um, it's quite incredible, actually. A lot of people did not realize that it would be resetting the term limits, but a lot of them were actually influenced by one section in there, which now redefines Russia's uh, position on homosexuality, or sorry, their position on marriage as the union between man and woman, which means that uh, homosexuality will likely be... Um, you know, crack down upon in Russia or some sort of laws will be made against it. On Thursday, the Supreme Court announced that they would wait until next term, which means they would wait until close to the end of the year to decide whether or not Congress would be allowed to access secret grand jury material from Robert Mueller's investigation into President Trump. And uh, if you remember, Robert Mueller investigated Russian interference in the 2016 election uh, when his report was in, unveiled, there was nothing incriminating in there, but there was certainly there was uh, questionable details, right? I think it was that uh, there were there was some form of illegal activity, but they couldn't actually prosecute the president. Um, now, this is a very bad uh, change of events for the House Judiciary Committee because. This means that they won't be able to see this evidence until after this year's election. So it's it's useless to try to get him out of office now. Also on Thursday, the Trump administration awarded a multi-million dollar border contract to Anduril Industries. Anduril Industries is a California startup that will install more than 200 solar-powered mobile surveillance towers along the southern border in places where the wall the border wall cannot protect. Um, the cameras can detect moving objects and thermal heat signatures, and they'll be able to tell when a person is, you know, trying to cross the border. Um, and this is going to be very helpful for Trump in opposition to trying to build a wall over maybe rivers, over mountains, or over very treacherous terrain. This is an easy solution. Um, it is apparently more than a $100 million deal. Um, because it is more than 200 cameras that will be installed by 2022. Last from Thursday, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was an associate and confidant of disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein, was arrested and charged with aiding in the facilitation of Epstein's sexual exploitation and abuse crimes, um, several of which involving minors. There is not much known at all about the situation because it, it was just an arrest. It was really out of nowhere. Um, but we will see what happens as the trial begins and as we see information leak. Um, there were some reports saying that Maxwell might name people who were involved. So that would be interesting. And now to Friday. There's only one major piece of news from Friday. The Washington Redskins announced that they would conduct a thorough review of their team name. Even uh, after months of owner Daniel Snyder saying that he would never, ever consider changing the name of the team, uh, what happened was their sponsor, FedEx, asked the team to change the name. Then the executives decided that it would be a good decision to consider a name change. Now they're going into the process of working with the NFL to consider a name change. Um, and then when asked about it, they said almost certainly they would change their name uh, because Redskins has to uh, 
some Native American people, they have found it to be uh, offensive. That is all the news for the week. Now I'm going to move into my discussion with Tamor Nawaz and Adams Rock, two of my friends at my school, Academy at the Lakes, and we're going to talk about today and what it really means. Today's 4th of July, of course. Please uh, keep listening. Okay, so I'm here now with Adam Zarak and Tamor Nawaz. These are two of my best friends. They both, we all go to Academy at the Lakes. Uh, Adam and Tamor are seniors. I'm a junior, and we are all very interested in politics and current events. Um, and the topic that I wanted to go into today is something that is obviously very important for all of you who are listening on Saturday, and that is 4th of July. Um, and 4th of July, which has for a long, long time normally been a very um, unproblematic holiday or something that has uh, generally been widely accepted, is now coming under a lot of criticism and a lot of second thoughts over what it really uh, means today. After we saw protests from Black Lives Matter and we saw police brutality killings and so much interesting stuff happening all across the U.S., we've come to question should we even be celebrating 4th of July? And I want to start off by thanking both of you for joining me and then asking uh, Tamor to sort of give your thoughts on uh, should we really be celebrating 4th of July? Um, well, it's, it's good to be here, and I thank you for bringing me on to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But as far as you know, the idea of 4th of July, you kind of have to look at why 4th of July is even a thing, right? What exactly happened on 4th of July? Declaration of Independence was signed. We essentially got in, gained independence from Britain and it launched us into the Revolutionary War and we fought that and the rest is literally history. Mm-hmm. So now the conflict we're at right now is why celebrate 4th of July if the situation is that America isn't really free? Not everyone in America is free. Right. Is, isn't that correct? Right, so right. that's the main like conflict that everyone's having, which is why you you might be seeing on social media this whole hashtag all countries matter thing kind of mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, America hasn't been so good to us. Why should we be so good to it? Right. What's both of your personal opinions on it? Like, what do you see the situation as? Adam, you want to go? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'll discuss it. So once again, yeah, thank you, Vishnu, for having me on the podcast. Right. Um, it's going to be really fun. But um, my discussion on the 4th of July would be, I believe that it should be celebrated, not merely because of the fact that it's been a tradition for nearly 200 years that we've been celebrating the holiday, but from the fact that it's just, if not, uh, how do I say this? I would say that we should be celebrating the holiday, not just for, if not to commemorate the present, if not to like acknowledge the, wait, how do I, if not to acknowledge the present and what's going on, but to commemorate the past and what we came over through adversity and being in like the shackles of the British, call it a tyranny. And from that, that should be commemorated because at the end of the day, it's history and history should always be remembered because as we all say, those who repeat history are doomed to, like those who don't listen to history are doomed to repeat it. So we should always acknowledge and commemorate what has happened in the past, be it the good. Right. 
do you in the fourth of july right but like do you uh sort of and i'm trying to in this i should mention this in this conversation i am trying to be the most nonpartisan person whereas adam and tamor or anyone who comes on is trying to represent a different point of view so my question as sort of like a devil's advocate is um do you maybe understand why people might not be willing to celebrate fourth of july especially um let's just take uh african american people for example like after seeing so many killings happen over just the past few weeks and a lot of injustice going on do you think it can be hard to maybe look away from all that and then take a day and say that our country is great or to celebrate our country or do you not understand that i think i can put i completely understand that every single bit i can only like just you know just for african americans don't get me started on everyone else but just for african americans alone I'm someone that believes in systemic racism. I think there's enough proof to see that, like, just in academic research and just kind of the evidence, just kind of the laws that have been passed. For instance, the 1994 crime bill, it ended up essentially causing mass incarceration Mm -hmm. among African and lower income neighborhoods, which happened to be mostly African-American. And it's just that all of this has been, like, building up. America has all these systems in place that are indirectly affecting african-americans right now people might just say oh it's lower income neighborhoods well there's a reason that the majority of african-american it goes as far back as even right after the emancipation proclamation through redlining and such so yeah i think that everyone i think if anyone has a bone to pick with america of course it's going to be african-americans however right. when i the reason i still celebrate fourth of july even through all this is because as terrible as this country may be sometimes to people that look like me to african-americans to women to lgbt's to anyone really mm-hmm. there is still a lot to love about it and i can only Im- imagine what i can only imagine what my life would have been like if i wasn't born in america right that's a good i point. feel like i wouldn't be having the same opportunities right yes i mean yes of course that yes of course you know there is a racist, a sexist, a homophobic history and presence in America. But you can't just say that every other country does not have those sentiments, if not worse than America. Mm-hmm. Right. Adam, what, is your, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about people who might not want to celebrate it? I'd have to agree with Tamor on the, his perspective, saying that at the end of the day, the opportunities that are brought to the American people be it that we have a very, a very, how do I say, like a tragic history consisting of a lot of misogyny, white supremacy, and a lot of social injustice towards some other minority groups that are marginalized. We also have, at the end of the day, it's also a land of great opportunity for those who seize the opportunity, like seize the day and make it. Such as like you look in through literature, you look in through history, you look at the what we call the American dream, where people of foreign lands dream of coming to America to seize opportunity opportunity and success for themselves and make it in a country for the greater good of themselves and their families. And because of that, America has not only a reputation of, even though America has a reputation of being this, let's say, let's call it a mess right now due to the everything that has been going on recently and in history, but it also has an enormous amount of opportunity given to those people who live in here 
and that that should be acknowledged during the 4th of July. Right. And then what about, um, this is sort of moving away from the idea of like whether or not we should celebrate it, because I think, uh, I think we're mostly in agreement that it, it's almost like a choice now. It's like your decision. But I wanted to move uh, into asking about a very specific thing. And this is something that people have been posting on social media in res- rather than posting like Happy Fourth of July. And it's saying um, like all – Tamor, do you, do you remember? Is it all countries? countries. What happened? All countries matter? Right. And then what do you like see that as? Like what is that – like do you see it as maybe – frustration towards a focus on our own nation or just a sort of a more of a globalist mindset rather than a nationalistic mindset for to kind of define because believe that i now i'm is not a national a nationalist is someone that was take a very extreme this, but what what one was part caused by nationalism, nationalism, right? You right, the, right. Not, but being a patriot means you can acknowledge the good and the bad. Right. You love America. You would die for America, but you would you would look at it as a you look at America in every single perspective, and you right. stick with it. Because you want America to be great. I want. I know America isn't the greatest country. There's mm-hmm. rankings to prove it. But I believe it's supposed to be better. Right. Yeah, no, I see it that way. I think we had a few technical issues. But I sort of got the point across. Is that, like, we should focus maybe, like, less on our own country. If you could excuse me for a second. Yeah, no worries. Just... No worries. I'm going to ask Adam a question. Um, and uh, my question really is, like, how do you think this will change over time in the sense that how do you think that we will continue to celebrate 4th of July over the coming years? Like, do you think it will continue to be an issue of such contention and argument, or do you think that we will improve as a country? Well, personally, I believe over time, the issue and the, um, the arguments between the people are only going to intensify because we see it every day now that the, um, Let's take a look at the Black Lives Matter movement and how rampant it is in today's society with all the police brutalities and all the racism that's being media, um, being plastered on the media. Now, back in the day, in let's say the 1960s during the civil rights movement, people didn't have that, that ability to just at the click of their phone, release more information and give visual proof of the injustice that's happening in America. Right. And as technology improves and as more issues stem out, I feel like the intensity of the argument that should we be celebrating the 4th of July or any American holiday for that perspective is going to become more intensified and people will start to advocate more and more to stop celebrating these holidays due to the racial issues and all the social issues that are coming along with it Mm -hmm. being plastered on the media. So more intensified over time. Okay, that's a very interesting point because I want to ask a question that goes along with that. And that is, do you think it is, so if you know, uh, today, President Trump is going to uh, South Dakota. He's going to Mount Rushmore, and he's going to give his uh, speech celebrating Fourth of July and all that. And a lot of people are saying that that decision to go to Mount Rushmore and to make that speech is very inconsiderate. 
because uh, the monument itself was built on Native American, like stolen Native American land, and uh, two of the presidents on there were slave owners, so so on and so forth. Um, do you think that it is a smart decision of him for his base of people who are very pro-American to say uh, we're going to celebrate Fourth of July even amidst the situation, or do you think it's a bad idea to for him to do that and sort of alienate it, some of his base? It all really depends on what he says when he goes to Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. because there are two types of people right now, or I guess three. I guess I'd be one of the, I'd be the third, but. One person is the person that's blindly accepting America as the greatest. They're ignoring everything that's going on right now. They're ignoring the dark history of America. And they're essentially just, that'd be more nationalistic, less than patriotic. That I defined earlier as, you know, sees all perspectives. And then there's the people that see only the bad side. Basically, it's a glass half full, glass half empty dilemma here. And there's people who only see the negatives. They only see the racist and more hateful side of America. Even though some of the people on that monument, yes, of course, the state, of course, where there's where standards were honestly pretty low back then for what a president should. It's not the same right now. Right. Of course, our presidents. Of course, you know Thomas Jefferson would not probably probably to, probably Thomas Jefferson wouldn't fly in America in America in 2020. Mm-hmm because we expect something else from a president. Back then, they didn't. But we can only look at the effects they had. Mm-hmm. And the effects have been mostly positive. So yes, every president has a dark history. And in all, in all honesty, most presidents are racist. Let's be honest about that. So it only contributes to that dark history. But at the same time, both are missing the big picture. Mm-hmm. That America can be good and anything can be good and bad. So that's your take. So I feel I feel that if you really aren't happy with America, if you really feel like you can't get become successful, if you really feel like you can never be free and that there's zero chance for freedom, then please do yourself a favor and find it somewhere else because somewhere else might have what you're looking for. I'd rather see you win than lose. But if you're like me, you would know that, yeah, America sucks and it has done good, but I'm sticking with it to the end because I think you're cutting out again, but um, that was a very good point. That was a very good opinion that you gave. Um, and I wanted to ask Adam just the last question for today, and it's going back to what I said originally. What do you think about what Trump uh, is going to do today in relation to his actual reelection? Because we are actually closer to it than we think. It's in November. It's just a few months away. And um, how do you think it relates to his appeal to his voters and his base? So in terms of getting or gathering the support for his re-election, I think today he's probably going to discuss. I, I personally do not think he's going to acknowledge anything bad that is going on within society today, no matter how how important it is. I believe he's going to uh-huh. go in with a with a rather positive mindset, despite everything, and try to uplift the people and remind them that America truly is a, despite all the nuanced, terrible history that is there, the overall goal of the American people is to be free and to be liberated. And that I think that's what he's going to focus on as a way to appeal to those that are either not in support of him or already 
under his wing and in support of him. So what he's going to try to do today would mainly be a focus on praising America, praising the American people, and from there trying to gather as much support as possible despite and not really try to garner any attention towards the bad that's happening right. and rather just focus. I think at this, in my own personal opinion, I believe that what he's going to be doing is going to be more of a um, like a political facade rather than just truly acknowledging the historical meaning of 4th of July and what it means to be an American. Right. He's going to use it as a way to plaster himself around the media and get that, get his face all over the internet and once again, try to get reelected for president. Right. That's a very good perspective. Thank you. Um, and that is actually um, a very important tie into the coming months for just our show is that something I want to focus on a lot, lot more is the actual re-election because this is one of the most interesting elections probably of all history because it is so contentious on who exactly will win and whatnot. Um, but I do want to thank both of you for coming on and for giving your opinion and answering every question. And I want to thank everyone for joining today and listening to the show. Um, thank you all and join us next week on America's Recap. Thank you. Good to be here. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you. Yep.